You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh on this ultra MAGA podcast. I don't want to hear Republicans talk about deficits and their ultra MAGA agenda. That, that makes me laugh every time I hear it. Welcome to the conservative crusader. Thank you for tuning in. Got a lot of news to get to today. Elon Musk is set to become the temporary CEO of Twitter, according to Right Side Broadcasting Network. But first, a new press secretary. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre is set to replace Psaki as the White House press secretary, according to The Hill. The White House announced Thursday that Corinne Jean-Pierre will replace Jen Psaki as White House press secretary coming in the next week. Jean-Pierre, the current and principal deputy Deputy Press Secretary will become the first openly gay person and first black woman to hold the role of White House Press Secretary. The White House said that Jean Pierre would assume this position on May 13th. Um, Corrine not only brings the experience, talent, and integrity needed for the difficult job, but she will continue to lead the way in communicating about the work of the Biden-Harris administration on behalf of the American people. Uh, Jan- Jill and I have known and respected Corrine for a long time, and she will be a strong voice speaking for me and the administration, President Biden said in a statement. I'm going to reread a, a the second paragraph of this article. Jean Pierre, the current the current principal deputy press secretary, will become the first openly gay person and first black woman to hold the role of the White House press secretary. The entire ideology of this administration isn't policy, isn't what are we doing for the American people? It's equity. It's identity politics. It's making sure that we check the boxes of who needs to be where. Instead of looking for the most qualified people for the position, that right there is the most important part. She is openly gay, and she is a black woman. I'm not saying she isn't qualified. I don't know Corrine Jean-Pierre. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I don't know her, never had a conversation with her, never actually heard her speak. But I do know that that was a big part of her job in getting the job that she has. It's affirmative action. The entire goal of this administration and one political party in particular is propping up people because of their race. And when you have a history, when your party has a history of being discriminatory, of being racist, of being homophobic, as as Biden was in 2008 as Obama was in 2008. You're going to do anything you can to walk that back. They went from the party of hatred, of bigotry, just like the United, just like they claim the Republican Party is now, right? To propping up these people because of their race. Propping up these people because of their uh, of their sexual orientation. Because more important in today's society than your qualifications, than your ability to do your job, is what race you are and and who you get pleasure in sleeping with. That rubs me the wrong way. I think it's a problem when when it's more important as to what your race is and your orientation than your qualifications and your ability to to do the job. And I'm not saying that Corrine Jean-Pierre can't do the job. 
but I know there are certain people who probably got skipped for this job because they because of their race, because of their their sexual orientation. Jin Saki has set the standard of returning decency, respect, and decorum to the White House briefing room, uh, Biden said in a statement. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Jen for raising the bar, communicating directly and truthfully for the American people to the American people and keeping her sense of humor while doing so. In a tweet, Jean Pierre thanked Biden for the opportunity, calling it a true honor. I look forward to serving this administration and the American people. I have big shoes to fill. Saki is uh, expected to leave a job, leave for a job at MSNBC. Uh, MSNBC basically confirmed this yesterday. They were they were talking in a statement about uh, on their network about this this personnel change, which as they do, and they mentioned how Saki is reportedly getting a job at the at the NBC network. You're not going to say that if she's not getting a job at your network. Uh, Saki described Jean Pierre as a remarkable woman and noted her experience in New York City politics and government as well as her work as an advisor to Biden uh, when he served as vice president during the Obama administration. Her experience in New York City politics. Please look at the state of New York City and tell me that anyone who has ever been in New York City is even qualified (laughs) for a position in politics. It's the worst city in the nation. New York City is worse than any other nation or any other city, let alone state, with their crime, with their policies, with their homelessness, probably only second to San Francisco. Uh, I am still processing it, uh, Jean Pierre said. This is a historic moment and it is not lost on me. Uh, Saki has initially planned to leave her role after about a year. Reports emerged last month that she was in discussions for a role at MSNBC. Uh, She has not confirmed those discussions. Thursday announcement said nothing about her future plans. Uh, she has nothing to announce about her plans, she says. Um, Jean Pierre has a resume, etc. And, and here is the the uh, the last paragraph of this this the Hill article, which is actually pretty fair. The Hill is pretty fair. Jean Pierre made history about a year ago when she delivered her first briefing, becoming the first openly LGBTQ person to brief from the podium. That right there is the most important thing to the administration, to anyone in in this bubble, in in the bubble of the Biden regime, is is who you enjoy having having your relations with. That's the most important thing to any of them. And I mean, congratulations to Jean Pierre. She's a lot farther in life than I am, but I, I don't see it being a coincidence that that was mentioned twice in the article. Her race was mentioned once. That was mentioned twice. I, I don't see that. And her record was mentioned less than her sexual orientation. So I don't see that being a a coincidence by any means. So Elon Musk is set to become the temporary CEO of Twitter, uh, changing pace a little bit according to the Right Side Broadcasting Network. Uh, he will be the interim CEO when he takes... Uh, when, the, when the transaction for $44 billion and he takes control is completed, according to CNBC, um, he has uh, secured the necessary funds and equity $7.4 billion to begin his purchase. Um, current CEO uh, Parag Agarwal has served as an executive officer since November 2021, following a surprise recognition, uh, resignation of CEO Jack Dorsey. I don't see Elon Musk serving as CEO forever. I, I don't see him... Being the CEO of Twitter. I mean, he has Tesla, he has the Boring Company, he has SpaceX, he has all of his other missions, whatever else he does. He's a busy guy. Twitter's going to take a lot of time, a lot of 
attention. So I don't see him being the CEO of Twitter forever. I hope he appoints someone to that position that stands up for free speech, that supports what he supports, the reason he's purchasing the platform. And there has been rampant speculation regarding who would take over uh, Twitter as CEO in light of reports that Musk was allegedly planning to clean house. This comes days after uh, Rutgers reported that Musk may be appointing a new CEO to take the place. However, if Musk himself steps in to take control of the company, major changes could come to the platform sooner rather than later. So my prediction, and and this is my expectation, is he will be CEO for about three months. He'll go in there, he'll clean house, he'll do everything he needs to do to, to make the platform more, more free speech, and hopefully he's he's true, and he stays true to his word when, when he takes over. He's going to go in, clean house, fix everything that needs to be fixed, and he's going to resign. He'll, he'll still be the owner, but he'll appoint someone else to be CEO. He will, uh, if that's even possible, I don't really know how private company companies are structured, but if that's possible, I'm guessing that's probably the the platform, or the, the what's the word? The path he takes is to rather have someone else do that, do his work for him, rather than him doing it himself. Because uh, that, 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 that'd be a pretty pretty uh, stressful schedule, I believe, with, with, um, with SpaceX, with, with Tesla, with the boring company. Uh, Musk hints at changes coming for Twitter users in government or commercial in- entities. He said in a tweet on May 3rd, Twitter will always be free for casual users, but maybe a slight cost for go- commercial slash government users. That'll be interesting to follow. Uh, what he considers commercial, like what would what, what I'm doing right now, um, be commercial use? I'm not really sure. Uh, he intends to make Twitter a place where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. He also shared Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Uh, Musk's purchase of Twitter has been met with excitement by proponents of free speech. Uh, while others have threatened to leave the platform, some some leftists have threatened to leave the platform, and I'm not. I, I don't want it to be a right wing echo chamber. I don't want a. I don't want an echo chamber of, of any variety. I don't want it to be an echo chamber of leftists. I don't want it to be an echo chamber of right wingers. I, I don't want an echo chamber. I want free and open discussion, and I hope that's what he does. And free speech shouldn't cost. So I hope he doesn't implement a required cost. I do subscribe to Twitter Blue. Uh, for for some of the features I use for my social media usage, but um, I, I don't think it should cost every user on the platform, and I, I hope that's not what he does moving forward. I hope he doesn't make it cost money moving forward. So um, when, when we return, Alito, Justice Alito, has to cancel his conference appearances after the abortion case uh, was leaked, uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, overturning Casey. That was leaked. He's He's now in danger. Because of the left, because of their radical, their, their radicalism and their their threat, because he doesn't agree with them on an issue. And the Ohio Redistricting Commission approves maps already struck down once in court. We're going to talk about that. Also, Susan Collins back on the abortion issue doesn't support codifying Roe v. Wade into the Constitution into law. Good for her, standing up for state rights. Not a problem at all. We're going to get to that when we return here on the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you follow me on social media at GOP Josh at GOP Josh twenty. Make sure you follow me, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. 
So we know that the leaked document from the Supreme Court came out, um, supposedly saying they're going to potentially overturn Roe v. Wade, potentially overturn Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Basically saying that abortion is returned to the states. Right? Abortion is returned to a state issue as it should be. Policy should not be set from the bench. Roe v. Wade is one of the most consequential examples of legislating from the bench. It's one of the most transparent examples of legislating from the bench because there is nothing in the Constitution guaranteeing anything they said was in the Constitution during Roe v. Wade. Nothing. Not not, not a thing. There's not a right to an abortion. Privacy is nowhere in the Constitution. As they as that that was the excuse for Roe v. Wade is is there is a right to privacy. I support privacy. I don't support it being in the it's not in the Constitution. I don't support that being used as a reason to legislate from the bench. It's privacy. Right for privacy. Well, after that, after that leaked opinion came out, the Dems in the Senate were moving fast, trying to make sure they can't take away our ability to kill children. What are we going to do? The chief congressional correspondent for CNN, that's a lot of C's right there, uh, Manu Raju, uh, said Susan Collins will not be voting for the bill to codify abortion rights. She says it's too long, too broad, and doesn't protect the right of a Catholic hospital to not perform abortions. The right has been enshrined in law for a long time. She voted against a similar bill uh, on in February. Uh, Blumenthal, uh, the bill will stall next week. I doubt. I doubt it passing the the filibuster. Uh, Blumenthal pushes back on Collins. "Quote: There is nothing in this measure that detracts in any way from existing protections based on consciousness or religion. That doesn't mandate that a hospital or doctors or any other provider do anything that is against religious principles." That's not what they say is in there. I, I haven't read the full bill. I haven't had a chance to read the full bill. But it wouldn't surprise me if it comes down to saying you have to do. You have to do the abortion procedure. You have to do this life-saving, quote-unquote, measure. I don't think that abortion saves any lives. I don't, I don't think that a safe abortion saves any lives. And there is no such thing as a safe abortion. And even if Susan Collins is, is pro-choice as this as this next uh, blue checkmark tweet I'm going to read claims she is, you can be pro-choice and, and support state rights. You can support being, you, you can support legal abortion and, and still support states' rights. But Brian Beher, who is a the only information I could find about him is he he's a TV writer. That's all there is. He's, he's from Orange, California, so that, that gives you everything you need to know about him. Susan Collins has dined off of her reputation as a pro-choice Republican for decades without being an a actual pro-choice Republican. What Republican is pro-choice? What, what, what repu- conservative Republican that actually upholds values is, is actually pro-choice, if you can even be considered pro-choice and a Republican? I don't think that you can claim someone is something they are 
right? If she says she's pro-choice, she's pro-choice. I don't think that's something to lie about. When the bill in question is protecting states' rights, as protected under the Constitution already, she can be pro-choice and support open and legal and um, unblocked abortion three months out of the womb in Maine. But she can also see that she is a, republic, a quote, small government Republican that supports states' rights and the state's decision and the state's goals and, and what they want to do. The federal government should be small. They shouldn't get involved in every single issue. I don't think every single issue should, should warrant a call to a congressional representative or a senator. It should be a state representative or a state senator. So Susan Collins can be pro-choice, as, as Brian Behair claims she is, and also support returning abortion back to the states. And, that, and that's what the, the bill would, would prohibit that she's not going to vote for. That bill is going to be stalled. It want to get 60 votes if it tried. Very excited about that. Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Hopefully, hopefully, and if it is, abortion will be turned back to the states, and I'm very excited for that. So the... U.S. Supreme Court cancels a conference appearance after the abortion, uh, the, the Supreme Court, I'm sorry, Alito, cancels conference appearance after abortion ruling leak. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito has canceled an appearance at a judicial conference set to begin on Thursday, today, or yesterday, after a draft decision he wrote indicating the high court would overturn the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision that guaranteed the right to abortion nationwide was leaked. Alito had been set to appear at the 5th U.S. Circuit uh, Court of Appeals Judicial Conference, a gathering of judges from the New Orleans-based Federal Appeals Court and the District Courts in Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Texas, a person f- familiar with the matter said. But he had said, canceled the person said, and uh, Patricia McGabe, a spokesperson for the Supreme Court, said he was not attending. The spokesperson gave no reason why Alito, who the justice assigned to hear an emergency appeals from the 5th Court, was not going. Alito, a member of the court's 6-3 conservative majority, authored the draft opinion that was dated from February and published by Politico on Monday. The unprecedented leak from the high court sent shockwaves to the United States. U.S. Chief Justice John Robertson on Tuesday confirmed the draft's authenticity but emphasized it was not final. And said the court will investigate the leak, which they consider betrayal. If you listen back to yesterday's podcast, you'll hear how we went in deep. I'm reading a Twitter thread by um, Will Chamberlain. And it basically says who, who the leaker was. I'm not saying that she was the leaker, but it's a, it, there's a good possibility. He is not showing up at a conference he said he was going to be at. Because he's afraid for his life. Someone has leaked the addresses of Alito, of ACB, of Kavanaugh, of Thomas, of Gorsuch saying to protest outside of their house because you disagree with their policy. You, you disagree with, they're not even policy, you disagree with their decision. That was the goal this entire time of that leak. It is to create a sense of outrage by this decision to try to convince the Supreme Court to change their mind. Something similar to this is the reason democracy will never work in America. Because mob rule should not be the governing principle. 
you shouldn't change your mind on a decision on, on a decision because the mob doesn't like it. We are called the silent majority for a reason. Because the loud minority is dangerous, is violent, is threatening. The silent majority are the only sane people in, the, in this debate. So I, I'm praying for Alito. I'm praying for the five justices who did not um, support Roe v. Wade being enshrined in law forever. And I, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for their family. And, and I hope that I hope that Alito comes back. And I hope he realizes that it's dangerous what's going on. Allowing the mob to change his mind on something, which I hope he doesn't, is dangerous and wrong. But this shows that we have to have integrity in our Supreme Court. We have to have integrity. And leaking decisions is not acceptable, not a, a, a good thing to do, so to speak. And something I want to get to very quickly. The Ohio Redistricting Commission approves maps already struck down in court. And I want to find here, uh, insanity definition, Albert Einstein. Where is it at? I I meant to save this. The definition of insanity is repeating the same mistakes over and over again and expecting different results. That's what the redistricting commission is doing here. Uh, They said they didn't have time to draw a new map or or didn't have much choice but to approve its third set of maps, I'm sorry, as the February 24th proposal had already been stored in many boards of elections across Ohio. So they're trying to put the same map forward, expecting the Supreme Court to change their mind. <laughs> expecting harsh on um, redistricting Maureen O'Connor to change their mind. This will be something interesting to follow. I bet like three minutes after I, after I shut off the microphone, after I published the podcast today, we're going to get a ruling in this case. It's going to say they, they rejected the maps again. But they're afraid that they don't want to... Um, I, think, I, I think I should say, I'm not going to say what their thoughts are that they're afraid that the court's going to hold them in contempt of court if they don't pass a map. So they have to have them passed by... When do they have to have them passed by? Um, by today at 9 a.m. Uh, EST. So yeah, that, that, that was their only, their only thing they, they could do. Uh, Keith Faber, a Republican, actually joined the two Democratic members uh, on the commission in voting against the maps. Uh, Allison Russo wanted to submit the maps drawn by independent map makers. Republicans said no. The redistricting process in Ohio is getting more and more interesting every single day. I feel bad for the state central committee members for the and candidates and the uh, legislature candidates and the uh, Senate candidates not knowing where they're, where they're running, where, where, where they are running. There is no, no idea where they're running. This is sad. It's sad. That, okay. A constitutional amendment was passed for some reason to put an independent uh, redistricting process in place made up of politicians with their own self-interests. How did anyone think that was ever going to work? So let's see. Uh, I I don't know the process of doing it, but we need to (laughs) possibly repeal this amendment. It's a waste of time. We should have had maps by now. We should have had the primaries by now. And we should know who's going to be serving in the majority of seats outside of some competitive races right now. 
That should be where we're at in this process, not passing the same old maps that keep failing and keep failing and keep failing. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Be back Monday. Oh, today is Friday. Today is Friday, a Friday edition of the Conservative Crusader. I knew I was on fire for some reason. I'm excited. It's Friday. It's the weekend. We will be back Monday with a brand new episode, having some interviews scheduled hopefully soon. So hopefully we will be back with an interview. Hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to have one scheduled. Don't take my word for this. The 21st to come out on March 21st. If not, it'll be like the 11th of June. But I'm hope, hoping it's sooner than later. But until then, my name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Make sure you tune in Monday with a brand new episode. But until then, stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. 